Welcome back to Slot Shot Podcast and Hockey Podcast brought to you by Star Six Media. Our uh, our our third host, Alex Armour. He uh, he's out. He's away. He's uh, he's on vacation. But don't worry, listeners. Ross and I are here to to cover every uh, everything we we kind of saw in in week one uh, in and a half at this point of the NHL season and uh, fun and exciting uh, storylines to cover. Some injuries. Tons of tons of stuff to talk about as uh, as we've wrapped up basically week one of the the NHL season. But uh, Rusty, as we always do, got to check in with the with the co-host and 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 I know we're in a different setting, but we'll be back in the studio next week. But how are you doing? Hey, Jacko, um, I'm great. I, I think we're really just picking up where we left off, right? Um, in absentia, uh, Army said it, right? I'm 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 tired of talking. Uh, you know, it's been fun talking off season and talking moves and talking rosters. It's a good chance to start talking about the games. So, uh, yep. the games they have begun, and uh, very, indeed. very excited to kind of kick us off and run through some of those. No question about it, Ross. Why don't you lead it away? You can count on that, babes. So, you know, big week, big week, uh, big week of watching hockey. Um, obviously. Uh, there were a couple games uh, Jack and I talked about before the pod that we both got some eyes on. So I'm just going to rip through a couple quick notes. You stop me, Jack, if you've got a big The only thing on I'm going to stop you on is don't hint away that we broke our, our number one rule. We're saving it for the pod, but we... we, we <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, we can at least do a little logistical we planning. Keep, we keep, us, you know, keep us in the good hearts. It, it's all trying to just keep it nice and tight for those termites. Yep. Um, I mean, line number one. Death taxes and officiating being a complete mess to start the NHL season. Uh, just appalling, appalling inconsistencies. Um, it, it, ironically enough, last night, Tuesday night, always a big night in the National. Um, I saw a couple great games that were, like, refed unbelievably well. Um, but uh, that first, like, the very first, pretty much every team's first two games, oh, my God, it was all over the place. Like, you're trying to figure out the new points of emphasis I still couldn't really tell you what they are. Um, seemed like a lot of kind of just phantom calls, but you know, I'm not going to rant and rave about officiating. It's hard to do it. It is a really hard job. I mean, it moves so fast. It's the fastest game on earth. No kidding. Um, no kidding. So I'm just going to rip through because I, I, you know, it's, it's a little bit of ho hum with Colorado, right? They're three and zero, and that's not a shocker to anyone. But um, you know, Drew N and Johansson are two guys that we talked a lot about. Two big changes. From what I've seen, again, I've watched you know, parts of two games, but I, I think a decent, like as as decent of a sample size as there is, a weekend looks like more of the same from Drewen and Johansson. Um, it just does, and uh, um, Chuchu, uh, Nichushkin, and uh, Lekkinen have been unreal. Um, so it's like the, the Drewen seems to be kind of screwing up the chemistry with um, Rantanen and McKinnon, who are just so good. Like they're they're always going to produce. But um, Nachushkin and Lekkinen on that second line, you know, Johansson, he, he, Johansson he, he didn't look good on power play, and he definitely wasn't driving that line. But with those two wingers, you know, he might be able to have a slow start and kind of find his legs. So that was that was encouraging for them. Um, Fair enough. You got anything on that, Jack? Uh, I think you got to talk about Rantanen. Already finding the scoring touch. You know, I know. Uh, well, he had 55 goals last year. I. I, I agree. By, I, you know, I think he's the fourth best player in the league. Overshadowed a little bit by Nate Dog, but he's picked up picked up right where he's left off. Logan O'Connor's got involved. So that's a little um, to me. That's a little bit of like the ho hum avalanche. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like ho hum. Like uh, Rantanen's on his way to 100 points again, and he's a bull, by the way. I, I don't think we talk enough about how big and physical. This he is. is why I bring up Rantanen. <laughs> You don't look at me like I'm fucking crazy. I, I bring it up for reasoning. I mean, the guy doesn't get enough talk to you know, talk yeah. about. It. Yeah, you're right. You're He's right. underrated. He might be the most underrated, like like top tier superstar in the league. All right, you, you All got right. my vote there. You there got my is. Vote there. Hey, that's why you jump in. Yep. Um, <laughs> Colorado power play sucks right now. It's weird because there's so many great players. They just, you had like Makar and McKinnon like circling the zone and they're just like snapping it like real fast. Mm -hmm. and like Buck goes here, there, here, there. And as soon as they try to make like a cute one-touch play, it was just like straight onto the cracking sticks from that game I watched. And something I saw just kind of through the, the social media ways is a little video from, from Avalanche practice. I think they were working on the power play and, and Nate Dogg's fucking pissed. Slammed a stick right over uh, the crossbar, made its way out. I know that's not a big deal, but 
I think uh, the frustration over the power play is it's kind of really the only thing that's lacking on this three and O roster. Yeah, it's, it's hum, like hum. it's like vintage McKinnon. Like you got to love that if you're an Avs fan, right? He's yep. pissed in their three and O. Hey, there's always room for improvement. Yeah, you know, there's a guy that I've beaten up on on the pod in the past, um, uh, Sammy Girard, mm-hmm. and you know uh, his big thing is what does he look like in playoffs, um, and I think he struggled with health a little bit. But he's looked really, really good in the two games I watched. It's um, the reason he earned his ticket. And just some of his dipsy doodling and pirouetting on the blue line, walking the line and being really, really like just creative ways to create space on the blue line. And then he had like he had this like off his back foot three line pass that sprung a breakaway that turned into a power play. It was just like it's just a filthy play. And like if you look at their decor, there's Taves, Makar, um, Jack Johnson. No, no, no. Uh, Bowen Byram. Yep. 22. I, and, I just looked at that. I can't believe he's only 22. And, 21. like, Gerard's kind of, like, the fourth guy. Like, that's that's just a really unprecedented set of skill in that back on that and line. And since you bring it up, and since we last recorded, uh, Batman's Robin has been signed. Dev, uh, Taves. Devon Taves. Taves. He earned his, uh, his I think, a seven-year uh, deal. And uh, I can't remember what the money-wise was. was it seven mil a year? I thought it was eight, but eight. I, we'll have to check the books on that. But uh, Devontae's staying in Colorado for uh, for the future, and well, and uh, that's a pretty. That's a, well, we'll see. I mean, the cap's going up. There's no debate about that. I think more of these contracts will be moved. But staying under contract by a National League team for eight years, right? There's no about de- debating that. As long as McCarr is a, an avalanche to be Taze, I, I, I'm not worried about where Taze is going. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's kind of ho hum for Colorado, yep. and they're they're working through it. And Seattle, I mean, Arm pointed out like that they were the big uh, shooting percentage darlings, dude. To the game, they can't pass, like they can't pass the. They're it, they're missing guys like by by like fifteen feet in the neutral zone, and it's it's just it, it's not looking pretty. No, and you know I know I think we'll talk a little bit about injuries. You know they've lost Brandon Tanev already into the season, but he's a, not going to produce a lot of goals. No, but I think that that brings a little stability, a little depth to that fourth line that allows them to be effective like they were. You know you lost Sprong, first team all termite. Uh, Sprong, Tanev Sprong's looking like a big loss. At Sprong's this getting you cheap goals that you miss. Yep. yep. It, you know I think where where are they getting goals from? Which you know seem to be. Uh, the shooting percentage, you know, gods last year, I, I find concerning with this team now. I mean, it's a lot to to ride on Matty Benier. It's a lot to re- rely on McK- um, McCann? McGinn? McGinn? Yeah, uh, Brock McCann. McGinn. McGinn. Thank you. Um, and uh, Forty goal scorer last year. You know, I think, but that, like a big career high for him. But that's two guys, and that's your two. You know, yes, there's other guys that fit in, but those are your two main producers. You know, that's a lot to ask for two guys. I think they had a lot more depth last year, and. That's what we're kind of seeing, you know. Maybe it's a huge regression year for this yeah. Seattle team. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not loving. I'm not loving my forty to one, one and three. I'm not, I'm not loving my forty to one uh, cup bet for them. But hey, it's only week one. It is early. It is early. And um, I, I also around. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Jordan Eberle. Mm-hmm. He threw the check that yep. it, that broke uh, you know some bones in Cogliano's neck and were were really scary for a little bit. And he answered the bell. You know, came right out. Logan O'Connor challenged yep. him. He doesn't have they to didn't take forget that about fight it. with O'Connor. Nope. He doesn't have to take that fight with O'Connor. Um, and he just did. And I just I just respect that good Western boy. Yep. Um, I, I I think that was kind of a class move by him to well, just and- deal with it and move on, right? I don't think anybody thinks he did it intentionally. No. It's more just like, dude, that's our boy. You broke his back. Like, you're going to get a fist. It's- you're going to get a knuckle sandwich for it. And when Eberle was in... You know, Edmonton, he's, he's never really been known, even through, uh, I think, what, he was in New York for a little while as well. He's never been really known as a guy that's going to throw a cheap shot. You know, I think he, yeah. he caught a guy in, in long the wrong car- place. Long career, zero cheap shots. And I, he's a, I think he's got a respectful or respected um, uh, reputation reputation in the league. So, yeah, I agree. And he stood up, he fought, and he handled himself well. Hey, shout out. Stick taps Jordan Everly. Correct. Absolutely. Um, moving on. Keep on rolling. Caught some Yotes Islanders. Um, not exactly a star-studded exchange. Uh, well, Islanders shut out the Yotes, but... And not surprising when I think the Yotes registered 16 shots in three periods of play. So it's actually fun. They registered about seven shots in two periods. Right. No, I watched that. I watched they, a little bit of this game. But they dominated the third. Correct. Um, but just you know, couldn't get it past um, well, Sorokin. And, but but Vimelka was a god hero in that for them. Oh, he looked fabulous. He was incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was just my, my little shout out to that game is just a reminder. Tyson Nash, 
color guy for the local uh, um, uh, Coyotes broadcast. Yep. If you're on the if you're on the ESPN Plus and you bounce around to a Yotes game, God bless you. But make sure you click the the Coyotes broadcast so you can listen to Tyson Nash. <laughs> he is the best in the league. He is the best. He's just ball busting the entire yeah. time, and like he's so ready to be critical of the Yotes too. Oh. Like you get you get like a well rounded view, and it's also in like just like farm ball Canadian like um, slang. It's awesome. It's it, something it, you it, kind of awesome. appreciate. I think. Quickly to you know, I don't think we'll spend a huge amount of time on on the Yotes. I think that first line, uh, Schmaltz and and uh, and Keller are going to produce. It'll be fun to see what Cooley is is going to be able to do. I think uh, it, you know it's a tough tough Western Conference. So it's you know I think I had uh, I had a, a big big step forward for for the Yotes in the the Central Division. Uh, but you know that the Islanders, you know the same old story. You know can they find the back of the net? But I liked what I was seeing. A little bit from uh, from some of the pushes from what New York had. I think you know, yes, the Yotes kind of carried themselves in in that third period. But like, I mean, they still you know twelve shots in the third period. Sorokin was excellent. I think the Islanders. Uh, you know, yes, I think it was a uh, uh, I can't remember who scored the power play goal, but um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not too worried about the Islanders quite yet. I think they've shown some promise so far. But as we always know, where's the scoring going to come from? But quick two and zero start for the Isles. Yeah, yeah, they're getting after it on the island. Uh, my, my LA Kings, right? I'm not taking a victory lap yet, uh, but what have we seen through the first week of the season? We've seen them come back from down three yep. to force overtime against Carolina. Uh, that was a heck of an effort. Saw a couple sequences in there of Pierre-Luc Dubois mm-hmm. bullying the likes of Jacob Slavin, one of our favorite defensemen, one of the arguably the best defensive defensemen in the National League. Um, Dubois was a real force to be reckoned with in that game. And, you know, they really, that, that turned into a real heavyweight bout that I I liked what I saw from LA up and down. Are you talking about when, uh, well, as you bring up Dubois, I think he laid a hit in, uh, the game where Lafiniere had to go a little, I'm a little, little down on Dubois. He needs to step up and, uh, I, I think the hit against who was the game, it's when Lafiniere, the rookie from Harvard, got in the fight. Uh, it was talked about on the McAfee show, but it's talked about actually a little bit. But uh, it's week one. I'll, I'll find it. I'll find it. Keep going on the on the Kings. I, I my point is I've seen three Kings games and Dubois looks good. Uh, the one game he wasn't that engaged in was the Winnipeg game and he scored a goal. Um, so Last night, yeah. so it's 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 a heavy duty lineup. Um, I also want to shout out that Kaliev, Dano, Trevor Moore line. They, they they you know attributed for all three goals in the in the Winnipeg game last night, um, and you know it's just it, it's the waves of depth. It's just the effort, guys, the size, the speed. Um, I just I, I really like what we're seeing there. Haven't seen any of Brett Clark in the lineup. Um, I, I I'm not sure if they sent him down or maybe that's an injury, but uh, um, that'll be interesting to keep an eye on because. Yeah, I think he's still on that nine games, and he can go back to junior. But like, when the guy scores two points a game in the O, like on D, like it's hard. Oh, get him out of there! I think this is one. Uh, he might be in the A. We'll we'll, we'll 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 get back to you on that. Just so you're not thinking I'm crazy, it was the game from uh, Wednesday last week versus Colorado. I think Dubois laid a hit, and uh, Logan O'Connor again <laughs> answering the bell after a. a but Alex Lafiniere, rookie. In L.A. Stood up in his family. Family was there, which is a fun little clip. I'll show it to you later, Ross. Uh, Laferrier. Laferrier, sorry. You know, I always need the correction. I know, but but Lafreniere is La- the that's why I got one No, I know, I know. That's why I got him confused. But, uh, no, it, it's the Kings. Uh, I, I know that you're a little pick, pick to click, pick to maybe potentially win it. But, uh, yeah, interesting. Continue. Uh, well, I don't even have any game notes on my other pick out of the East Toronto, but, uh, in my, in my Austin Matthews for heart pick, but, uh, well, six goals in two games and then goes quiet versus Arvid Soderblom as the Blackhawks stole one on, on, uh, on, uh, Toronto home ice. And, you know, it, that was a fun win. I'm, you know, I guess, well, we'll talk a little, talk a little Hawks. You know, the fact is they're, they're two and two. That is the fact. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, it has been in the two losses, they lost to Boston. We watched that one. They, uh, they, they were jumping out to the early lead. They fell silent, uh, defensive zone wise. It's, it's a little bit of chaos, uh, rookie wise. Korchinski looks great. 
Vlasic made a made a nice move and a nice pass in the, in Toronto. If they can be guys, there's room to build. Uh, do I see this team winning more games than last year? Right now, at this point, yes, uh, but they're still going to suck. Um, quickly, as we 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 approach the subject, you know that I think everything we have seen is it's been the Connor Bedard show to start the NHL season. Uh, he scored his first one in Boston, which was exciting. He's been on the uh, he's been on the score sheet with the Apples, but uh, fact is, I think he's got the most shots in his first three NHL games of any rookie, which is uh, what you love to see, and you know he's going to score. Uh, so I'm not concerned about him getting over 40 tucks. Really, I'm not. I think an 80 mark season is uh, is potential for for Bedard if he's if he's getting off and, and can stay healthy, uh, but. So far, you know, it's been interesting to see. I think the worm, Corey Perry, he's, he's produced. He had a nice goal uh, uh, versus Toronto and, and actually pointed to uh, the mi- the missing curfew boys uh, in, in the stands as, as he was able to score the first or second goal for that one. Uh, but the Blackhawks, I, I've been happily uh, happily impressed so far to start the season. And, and yes, it was, a, it was a pitiful loss versus Montreal. They just didn't really look engaged um, and didn't look very involved in that one at all. Uh, but, uh, they, unfortunately, Corey or Kirby doc of, of Montreal, uh, tore his ACL MCL. I don't know if it was on the hit from Tenorti being sent into the, the, the bench, but, uh, the Blackhawks so far impressing me so far. And, uh, I will be in the, the building Saturday night for, for opening, uh, opening night at the UC for the Hawks and, uh, and Vegas golden Knights. Yeah. I'm not going to add to the Blackhawks cause they're honestly a boring team. Uh, Tennessee is outscoring Bedard. That's still the story. Um, back to uh, on the fourth line, by the way. Back to what we've seen across the league, um, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I had to give him a little time. No, One, it's all, no, it's all. In in in, in the, they're a big story. We'll we'll get to the Bedard show, uh, but you know, we both caught some Buffalo uh, some Buffalo Sabers games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I caught their season opener against the Rangers, and I also saw them on. Uh, playing against Tampa Bay last night. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack, any big takeaways from either game? Anything that really jumped out to you about any of the three teams involved? Buffalo times two, Rangers, or Tampa? Those are three players there in the Eastern Conference, we think. Yeah, I mean, the Rangers uh, The Rangers have started out, and they look they look good. Um, you know, yes, they dropped one, but uh, I thought they looked good in that Buffalo game. They controlled the play throughout, and, and I really didn't love what I saw from Buffalo in that Ranger that Ranger game. Uh, so I got to I got to just disagree about that Ranger game with Buffalo because the Rangers controlled the scoreboard. Correct. And they got up to a 3-0 lead that, you know, basically made the game a lot less competitive, but the first 30 minutes of that game were freaking awesome. Both teams had a huge chip on their shoulder and they were playing really physical. Um, they were really bringing it. You had Krebs going Truba. Um, you had, you know, some of the big guys on the Rangers pushing around young Zach Benson, the recent first round pick carnival folk. You had my X factor, Jordan Greenway playing a key role, pushing guys around cliffy hockey, Connor Clifton making his physical presence felt, um, you know, th- th- I just I don't think the scoreboard really reflected that. And by the time it got to three zero, everyone kind of settled down and was like, "Hey, this is you know one or two out of eighty two. Like, you know, let's let let's not dump all our cards out." But I, I thought Buffalo showed some great fight in that game, but it just wasn't good enough with yeah the, the Rangers. I mean, Rangers beat Levi and they couldn't beat Justerkin. But I, I liked a lot of things that I saw from Buffalo in that game, and actually kind of carried over. To uh, it carried over to the 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 Buffalo Tampa game I watched last night, but I want to make another point on the Rangers just really quick. This is the one game I watch. So what's last in our memories is the Rangers power play drying up in that playoff series against the Devils, and them not being able to score and losing four straight. But oh, don't you know? Don't <laughs> like like don't do you remember what a clicking Rangers power play won? looks and feels like because it is damn scary mm-hmm. i think adam fox is probably the best guy in the league at uh playing at point guard it's 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 quite the argument right now q being power play one like i i think i think i think fox is number one um and so you have him you have Kreider in front of the net who you know Kreider, pavelski is there anyone else in the conversation about net front tipping pucks 
Well, I, you know, I think you were on, you know, what, he had a year where he scored 50? He must have had 15, 25 tap-ins. Yeah. A lot of them power play goals, I think, in that year. Totally. But. He, I think he had at least 20 power play goals. So so you've got one of the best net fronts. You've got the best power play, uh, the, the best QB uh, or, you know, point man. What do you say about Zabini? Zabini, yeah, I mean, he, he, he rips. He, I think he had three apples in this one. Well, two things. He rips that one-timer. When they're all settled in the zone, he's also like a good cross ice passer, and he does a lot of dirty work, winning pucks down low mm-hmm. and carrying the puck uh, for zone entries. Um, and it's just, I mean, you, I, I don't have a bad thing to say about Zabini yet. And then on the far side, it's Panarin, who, you know, it's like Panarin Kucherov. That's about the list for ideal half wall guys, right? Like. Yeah, like he's 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 as far as like guys that play the half wall and don't just wind up for like the Pasternak Ovechkin one T like guys that actually play it and like hold the puck there and possess and, and make you know, kind of create create their own offense. Um, I, he's as good as it gets. So you've like four of the best of the be- you know, you, you really have three of the best guys in the entire league all on that power play. And they were just destroying um, Buffalo. Or, I mean, they destroyed Buffalo in that game. Mm-hmm. Five um, one. But um, that that was a big thing that jumped out to me. You got anything else on the Rangers? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to find it right now. Uh, Will Will Kylie, Kyle, he's it. Coyle, I don't know. Kyle, something like that. Uh, kind of flew under our radar, uh, rookie this year, and he finally popped uh, popped his first run of the year. But no, I you know I think this Ranger team has a lot to prove after last year's first round exit, and uh, I think they're a little pissed off coming out. And uh, you love to see Truba in his old ways, and that I think will continue. And you hope uh, you hope Panarin is pissed off and ready to go. I mean, like we talked about, he shaved his head. He looks looks fired up and, and ready. But I don't know, be a storyline to to watch and see if uh, if the Rangers are are legit this year and uh, and seemingly another. Very competitive and will be competitive metropolitan division. I had one other thing on Buffalo just from that game, which is this Zach Benson. Mm-hmm. You know, he's tiny. Um, yeah, you know, he was what the thirteenth or fourteenth pick in the draft like last that. June, um, and he's very small, and he's one of these skill guys. But he works really hard off the puck to get open, and watching him and sort of ISO camming on him. I started to because in that Ranger game, it got to be very physical, and I wanted to see how he held up. And I thought he did a good job. His teammates definitely had his back, and that was constructive. But the way that he moves around and moves his feet when he doesn't have the puck to get open, he does creative things that make me really optimistic that he's going to be a good player. And I heard, I think, Ferraro last night talking about how that was kind of his rep and how you know he grew up, his, his family was part of a carnival, part of a traveling carnival thing. Did you know that? His family are carnies Benson? and like, yeah, Zach Benson. His family are carnies up in Canada, and <laughs> and like that's not like a slur. Like they embrace the term, and so he and his brothers would basically go to different. They would find different hockey camps wherever the family was traveling to follow the carnival all summer long. Um, and so they had experience playing for a bunch of different coaches, and he sort of developed this great hockey IQ because he got a million different perspectives and was kind of figured out the best way to to to, to manage that. So that was interesting to me. Then I, I really zeroed in on this Buffalo-Tampa game last night. Did you catch that one? Saw the highlights, All but right. I'm going to let you lead. Well, a couple things. One, Owen Power. Whoa. Yeah, it's It's early. It's going to take a full season, but it looks to me like he's really taken a step. Um, physically, he's pushing guys around. Last year, we talked about how his game was very passive and how that's a healthy thing to be. Yeah, you know, as a whatever it was, 20-year-old D-man in the league. This year, he's starting to step up and take chances and be more aggressive playing pucks, more aggressive pinching, um, more aggressive carrying the puck, making riskier high-skill plays that he's capable of doing. And I saw him like push around Tanner Janot. And I was like, whoa, because Tanner Janot's like <laughs> rep is that he's like one of the strongest guys in the league. Like Tanner Janot's like he's a farm, a big guy. He's like no, a farm he's hand. A big boy. He's a big boy. He's no, like no, Steve McNair no strong. That. He's country strong. Um, <laughs> and so that really jumped out. That's something to keep an eye on. Um, well, just so you know, this is age twenty season. Right. So last year was nineteen. So even scarier. Right. And he's huge. Um, he's huge. And the other thing I had on Buffalo was they're putting out Greenway and Mario, aka Tage Thompson. That's their number one penalty kill unit. 
And that's a lot of reach. Well, as you bring up Tage, Tage Raider, I know it's only been three games, but... Where did Tage Raider... Is, is that a Jack of original? Uh, I don't... I'm not going to take credit because I, I hear a million things, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, no, but... It, minus three to start the season. Hasn't shown up on the score sheet. Maybe Ooh, re- is he zero zero zero? He's zero zero zero. Zero 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 dash three. That's yep. tough. Tough opener for Mario. Yep. And you know, it's it's not that he hasn't gotten his shots. You know, season high is five in a game. No, he didn't look great. He didn't. He didn't look great outside the. Looked PK. bad. He looked bad in New York. Yeah, and he. he, he I, I was reconsidering the Mario nickname um, during that Tampa game, but you know what? It's early. It's early. Let's give him a chance. Jeff Skinner. You hear about this Buffalo as their own goal horn celebrations comes out skin scores his first one in buffalo what what was this song take a guess i think disney channel maybe vanessa hutchins and 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 zach efron after my time high school musical high school musical (laughs) he came out to high school musicals big song i don't know uh, after scoring his first one but uh kind of funny stuff from uh from from the vetty but uh jesus (laughs) yeah you you know Interesting stuff, but, but I, I thought it was interesting to see Greenway and Tage killing penalties in their big reach. Like they were making ridiculous skill plays, knocking pucks out of the air, um, and disrupting that Tampa power play. And that, I mean, that was a big win for them to get um, over Tampa yesterday. Even though they kind of blew it late, and Tampa battled back. But well, question for you because I you what's know, up? I'm, we haven't talked. Uh, we haven't, we may get to him, but how did uh, I know Cousins got the winner? But and I didn't, like I said, I just saw the highlights, so I saw his goal. But how how did he look? last night yeah he you know he didn't jump off the screen but there's i mean he he didn't jump off the screen gotcha that's um Uh, no 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 i I want to give a shout out to greenway my x factor he was playing really big defensive minutes for them he had some great shifts when the net was empty and tampa was trying to tie it Mm -hmm. he was off the ice for tampa's game tying goal i want to point out um but i also want to shout out my i want to pat myself in the back once more for my john cooper uh jack adams pick they played without Stamkos last night, and they were not great for big parts of the game. Hedman didn't look right. Hedman looked slow. Maybe it's because I was juxtaposing him with the 20-year-old power. Um, but that was a little alarming. Um, well, it, it Tampa, I mean, just to, to briefly get on, I know it's been – it's survived without um, – Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky, and and that has been the big uh, big X factor in terms of Tampa right now. I, I agree with you. I think Cooper Cooper has the uh, the way and, and the knowledge to lead this team past it, but they can't keep the puck out of the net right now. And it's not it's not because of the defense. It's it well it, maybe a little bit, but I think they're gonna have some serious problems between the pipes for the few few months that they miss. It's Vasilevsky. good. No, it's gonna be a real challenge for Tampa. Uh, that was that was kind of the the point I was making. They they were just struggling for offense, and um, you know, I. I I meant to look this up, but I didn't. But w- was Stamkos held out as part of a holdout? No, he's he's. I think he's banged up. Okay, All right. but there is. I mean, Stamkos is going into the year. It, it, it's off season. And my closing extra, point. Yeah. My closing point on Tampa is just that they need offense from Tanner Janot. They just do right now. They just do. Well, they're getting it from Hagel, and Hagel I think is on his last year of that 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 simple contract before it really the money kicks in, but. Hagel has kind of led the charge. I think he's got four or five for the, for them already to start the year. Which, and he was unbelievable. He was he was unbelievable. He was he. Yeah, I mean, I understand the reasoning and getting a first round pick, but it was it was sad to see him go. Yeah, no, I mean, he he was awesome, and that was a great game. His effort on that game tying goal was just unbelievable. Um, like saucer pass from Kucherov, just kind of throwing one towards like chucking it in the mixer. Like, it gets tipped to the side. Goalie makes the right save, and the puck sits there, and he just beats everyone to it. He just unreal compete and scale combo. Uh, but that was a great game. That was a good watch. And Keep her firing. Yeah. No, but, but my, my point is I, I, I do think Buffalo is going to be around. Um, I do. I, I saw I saw steps from them, and I know the record doesn't reflect it. I know they're not getting the best of their best players, but keep an eye on them. New Jersey and Detroit. Uh, so I, you know, kind of talked to some of our New Jersey Devil fans, and <laughs> a lot of them aren't thrilled. The team looks a little bit, uh, just a little uncomfortable, and kind of up and down. But uh, in this New Jersey Detroit game, there was a sequence there that. So first of all, Jack Hughes was the best player on the ice by a country mile through two periods. He was just incredible, skating end to end, creating offense, just flying around, doing laps around everybody. He was on another planet for a big part of that. But then there's this sequence 
um, Arm Dog's boy, Wallman, Jake Wallman, um, sat down, just absolutely dumped Jack Hughes. It wasn't like a big violent collision, but he just kind of pancaked him. And then he like sat over his face and kind of face washed him. And then Hughes, and then Hughes slashes, uh, slashes Wallman as Wallman skates away and gets a penalty. Just one of those classic selfish penalties where like the guy shoved me around. So I slashed him and he got called and I liked, and I liked the refs like policing that where it's like, all right, Jack Hughes, like we, we know that you're like a budding superstar, but mm-hmm. you're still a kid in this league and don't, don't, don't. Well, Hughes has found himself in the penalty. I mean, I think he had like three penalties in one of the one of his games. It might have been that one. Well, um, th- this is what got frustrating, and so that turned into a Debrinkat goal. Um, Debrinkat. Yeah, the cat, the okay. cat. Yep. Uh, for 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 Detroit, that that was a real impact play, right? So Hughes dominates, and then he gets frustrated. Up two, takes a stupid penalty. They cough up a goal from that, and then. Hughes comes right back out and he gets slashed and completely whines about it and gets a charity call on David Perron. And then they go along and score um, to, later on in the game. And like, that was, that was a, that was a little kind of frustrating, like, you know, just, just like the refs kind of caving to him and him being kind of a, a little, little bit of a, a superstar call. Yeah. He was being I a bit it. of a diva, but he also did look really, really good. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of what I got there. Did you have anything from that or anything on uh, Jersey or Detroit? Uh, Jersey, I, you know, I think it, it was interesting. You know, I think Meyer got, uh, got the, the old coaches sitting, uh, last night or two nights ago. Uh, so uh, Lindy, Lindy Ruff is, is, he's not afraid to sit the superstars. You know, he, there is high expectations on this, uh, this Jersey team and, and they are expecting big things. And the fact that they've started one, one and one is, uh, is concerning. And, you know, I think dropping one to the, the Yotes games that the devils are expecting to win. Uh, you know, yes, the Panthers were in the cup final, you know, you can lose that one, but it was nice to see them, uh, kind of respond and, and beat the wings, but they've got a big one, uh, in two nights versus the Islanders and, and Lindy Ruff is expecting, uh, big things. And actually, you know, I think I sent it to the group. I don't know if you saw it. I, I coach hockey. So I, I, I personally thought this was a soft way of skating the boys, but he had, uh, two groups on, on opposite sides of the blue lines. They were doing quick, uh, red line back. I, they must have been doing it for twenty minutes because the goalies looked like they couldn't skate, and the boys they weren't they weren't at full, you know, right fresh pace. But uh, Lindy Ruff is upset with the play of New Jersey, and they, like I said, you know, I I have them to win the win the or I think I had them to win the Stanley Cup. No, uh, you have Vegas beating them. No, I think it's the opposite. Them beating Vegas. I think so. I think okay. I was the only one to pick uh, an Eastern team to win it, uh, but. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, so I expect a lot more out of New Jersey. I expect them to, to pick it up and, and get things uh, things going. Uh, New Jer- or Detroit, as you bring them up, I know Arm is 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 not here and is is chomping at the bit. They are scoring goals. We'll get plenty from De- we'll get we will. plenty from we will. Arm. We will. No, 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 there's no question about it. Uh, Debrinket, the cat, he looks he looks so comfortable. He looks ready. I, I'm I'm terrified to actually watch and and see how many goals. I don't know what the the preseason uh, line for Debrinket was on on goals, but it, I'd say probably 33 and a half. Oh, heavy on the over. 36 and a half? Heavy on the over. He's going to score his goals. And they've been pretty. They've been ugly. The goals are fine in him. Uh, he looks good. Uh, Spronger looks like a nice little adjust or uh, uh, addition for this roster. But uh, the Red Wings, uh, they're a conversation to, uh, to be had as we watch. I think they've got a big one versus Pittsburgh tonight uh, that I know Ross and I uh, will see if we – I don't know what you got for dinner plans, but that doesn't matter. But maybe we'll watch a little Wings hockey versus Pittsburgh for tonight on a nice little Wednesday night. But uh, Army, we're excited for you to be back and excited for you to to get some uh, some Wings talk. And and I can tell you, uh, you know, one of uh, one of the many uh, podcast uh, emailers, Polly, wished you a happy birthday. I uh, <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't get it to you earlier, but I I, I saw that while, as we've been recording. Jesus. But Polly wishes you a happy birthday. But let's uh, you gonna sing the song? No, air. we're not. We're not. We're not. Jesus, we've already done it twice to you, Ross. I know you. You're right. only good for one. But All right. we got two more spotlight firing. games to rip Keep it through. Firing. Right? So Vancouver Edmonton, they played twice, yep. right? The first one was the complete shit show. Um, Vancouver eight, Edmonton one. That was just a blindsider to a lot of prop betters and betters out there. Um, I didn't catch a ton of that so, game because because by the time I turned it on, it was like five zero. So I just kind of I just kind of zoned out and didn't didn't really. The watch only that. and I, I listen to thirty two thoughts. You'll hear it on there as well. Elias Patterson. Set the fucking tone. Came out, laid uh, uh, someone out, then 
probably put the pat, the prettiest probably goal we've seen so far in, in the league uh, to start the year with a nice, perfect saucer to the stick. Uh, I can't remember who it was. It might have been, uh, I don't know if it was Garland, but someone tucked it in for, for a nice, pretty goal. And, and Vancouver, I know it's, it's early, and I know uh, we weren't maybe necessarily as high on this Canucks team, but... It's Rick Tockett and the boys are firing and uh, and they're scoring and and, they're, and Thatcher Demko looks legit. So this was interesting. They can to me. stay healthy. So this was interesting to me because I saw the Van Edmonton game um, where Van hung on for a four three win, and you know that that was their second matchup. And again, I saw more awesome things from Vancouver. I saw I saw like Pedersen and JT Miller as the top penalty kill pair which is shocking. I mean, that's a lot of talent killing penalties. JT Miller and who? JT Miller and Pedersen. Right. As the top forwards. Um, and, you know, I saw some just awesome competitive spirit. Uh, they got into some scenarios where they were up a goal or up two goals in that deadly Edmonton power play got on the ice. And JT Miller was just having a hero shift of working his tail off, laying out, blocking lanes, disrupting pr- the pressuring. I noticed the pressuring of some of these penalty kill units is really intense right now. And I know that, you know, a, a lot of the league, it's kind of 50-50 where, you know, some coaches like to like to keep it packed in and keep that box structure. And other coaches are very high pressure on the PK. This Vancouver is a pressure PK. And I saw some awesome heart, gut, and competition out of JT Miller and Pedersen um, that really showed through when they were hanging on to that lead against Edmonton. Um, that was really impressive to me, and that looked like something that shows a team that's working really, really hard. But then I see in the press today, you know, they played another game that I didn't catch, and Tockett's just about calling them soft and saying <laughs> that they need more things from more people. So I think they're kind of getting their footing, and, and Tockett's, I think, going to have to kind of figure out the right way to pace um, you know, to pace his excitement. And he mentioned it even in his comments, right? Don't get mm-hmm. too high, don't get too low. Well, um, But you know, he was very upset from a team that, from what I watched, they were excellent, but I, I didn't catch all of it. Well, I think, you know, it, it, looking at this team and, and looking at what the hopes were for them last year, you know, it, it, was, a, it was a sideways shit show. Um, and, you know, I think, yes, obviously, Bo Horvat being moved, that was the kind of the talk of last year. And then Besser, he kind of wanted out. I thought it was a great way for him to respond and score four versus Edmonton on opening night. He looked phenomenal. Uh, you know, the the early season talk out of Vancouver is that Connor Garland wants out. He was able to get on the score sheet. I don't know how he's looked in the other two. I didn't catch him, but, um, you know, it, it's not tr- truly that surprising to see that Tockett is, uh, is calling out the boys already. I think Tockett has expectations. I think this team has more expectation than maybe the America media is giving him, but I think if you you tune into to the Vancouver locals, I think they expect this team to make some more noise than than the rest of the league, and and we'll see what happens. Thatcher Demko, you know, like like I kind of hinted at, you know, got hurt last year. If he stays healthy, they've got a true number one goalie in him, and and uh, I think Quinn Hughes and the boys, and if Elias Patterson uh, looks as good as he does already, you know, this is a scary team to watch. This is a scary team that that could really be around here in the Pacific. So you say Quinn Hughes and the boys. So one of my big takeaways was all the like heroics of the four three win where they hung on against Edmonton. Was Ant- Hold on. That was all PK. And you know who didn't touch the ice that entire time? QH. QH, Quinn Hughes, Capitan, <laughs> Captain Quinn. Um, you know, he's your defensive captain and he doesn't kill penalties. That just kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Um, but whatever, that is what it is. You mentioned Demko and how great he's been and, you know, talk it in his rant about softness. He was like, I mean, I thought Demko was really the only guy on our team who had a good game. He kept us in it. He was awesome. Um, but Casey DeSmith actually played in that Edmonton 4-3 win. Um, and DeSmith had a heroic effort as well. So I just wanted to shout that out. Nice. You got anything else on Van or Edmonton before we get to that Vegas-Dallas well, we, battle last night? Vancouver. You know, I think they finally got a, an excellent, uh, you know, I hate to I hate to be the goalie guy as much as I'm really not a, a goalie guy. But uh, it's been, it's been you know, in that 8-1 loss, <laughs> Stuart Skinner, four goals against. Jack Campbell, four goals against. Jack Campbell, they were hopeful, said he did all the, what it needed to be to be the starter in Edmonton, and and you know right away, yes, we were we were quite wrong on the Hellbuck signing, but uh, you know it, the fact is it was it went under the radar. Well, maybe not as much as as Shifley, but um, you know Skinner 
Campbell finally Campbell finally put in a good performance last night, but uh, you know Leon and, and McDavid are going to score. I mean, McDavid had a nasty goal. It's it's which kind of confused me. How uh, I don't know who the Nashville defenseman it's was. William that Carrier, over- uh, it's not William, but it was Carrier. Carrier that overskated the puck. So I, like, I, I had a thought about this too. And like, if you watch that that crazy highlight, and everybody's going to probably see it. It's the, probably the goal of the year right now, um, because it's McDavid. Because like, mm-hmm. just it's got so much visual aesthetic appeal, but. Carrier just skates right by the puck. Mm-hmm. Um, and my thought on that is I, I think when you're defending, and this is breaking you know, from from the games we watched to the Nashville-Edmonton um, game, but Carrier on Nashville, like I, I think that when you're playing against McDavid, like every single clock in your body is ramped up. And so everything needs to be faster. The pressure's on you to like not screw up. And I think a lot of teams and a lot of guys kind of grip the stick a little too tight. Um, and I think that that all kind of plays into some mental mistakes, which is what that Carrier thing was. Like, I don't think you make a physical mistake mistake to just skate by the puck. I think that's a mental error. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, because McDavid on his knees spinning around. No, but there was it, it, like the puck. The puck was right there for him Correct. to take up the ice, and I think he was just a little bit rattled. Um, that it was like, oh shit, McDavid's coming, McDavid's coming. Don't fuck this up, and he fucked it up. Um, so that's what I got on that. But can we turn the page to the to the battle of the Titans last night? Uh, Vegas and Dallas. Go right ahead. Holy smokes, what a game. I mean, the physical um, uh, just intensity, it did not feel like each team's you know third or fourth game of the year. They came right out of the gates. And I got to shout out our, our regular uh, emailer, Pauly. Um, you know, he called out this Lundquist as a guy to keep an eye on on the Dallas uh, blue line. Said he put on a lot of muscle and he's really kind of growing into a bigger role. Well, he's certainly getting more ice time. He had a lot of minutes. I didn't count them, but he was noticeably out there a lot, playing a lot more with uh, Heiskanen on the top pairing. Um, and, you know, he, he was uh, an absolute force. So I want to credit Polly for that. Looks like he's onto something. Yep. And, you know, just the physicality across the board. You had Jamie Benn uh, scrap with Haig early on. And I think this is another example of uh, playoff debts being paid, right? Uh, you remember the, the Jamie Benn and Mark Stone incident from that playoff series um, that, again, I, I blame Mark Stone for. And I, I give ben, uh, ben credit for, even though he got suspended and it pretty much derailed their chances at maybe throwing an upset that series. Um, but, you know, they, they threw down and that kind of set the tone and the rest of the game was really damn physical, Jack. Uh, quickly, and, and, you know, as you brought up, Paul, he, he, he had his thoughts about this one last night. Uh, but story of the season last year a little bit, and we saw it when actually the third period when the records showed and won one games and games that they actually held a one-goal lead. I think it was like 12 wins for for Dallas and like 20 something 25 plus for Vegas and what happened again Dallas blew uh blew a lead with less than five minutes to go and uh that was kind of a little bit of a problem last year you know I don't obviously Dallas I don't know about that blowing leads late was a problem for Dallas last year I don't think so well it it, it, I mean when you're a team that was as elite as Dallas was last year Vegas is the top team in the league in one goal Vegas is the top team in the league. No, 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 I'm not I'm not I'm not disputing not debating that. I am just saying, you know, I looked at the records, I saw it, and my phone was being weird because I was trying to see the record. Um Dallas had something like a twelve something and something record. For a team that was as elite last year. Of course it was twelve something and something. Versus and again, I know Vegas being the outlier of being the best team in the league about comebacks, but in one goal games, as you know, the Stanley Cup champions, they had twenty five plus wins in one goal games. I'm just telling you that when it's one 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 goal leads, Dallas uh, doesn't potentially lock it down to uh, to the extent. But Polly, I wanted to make sure your uh, your thought was 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 processed and, and heard. All right, let me just go rapid fire on the rest of that game, and then and then we'll and then we'll and then we'll, we'll pause there before we move on. Um, Duchesne looks really good. Mm-hmm. Duchesne fits in really well with Sagan and Marchment. Um, Duchesne that feels like a sneaky great signing Marchment and good the, money. Toss the bets, didn't he? You know, yeah, he did. He threw a great body check, and then you know somebody else challenged him, and, and he ended up throwing down. And it, you know, it's a decent little scuffle. Again, another sign of just a great physical game. But I want to shout out Armdog because he pointed out in in our in our predictions, or maybe in our Atl- uh, Atlantic and Central preview, yep. where we compare Austin Matthews to uh, Nick uh, Jason Robertson. Excuse me, um, not his brother Nick, Jason Robertson. <laughs> 
uh, you know, Jason Robertson doesn't really have that edge, right? The same thing that we've gotten on Matthews for. And Arm was suggesting that, you know, may- maybe the guys start to move into having that edge. And you know what? Robertson came right out of the gates. He throws this reverse hit in the first shift that was, like, borderline dirty. Like, I loved it. Like, it was, it, but, it, like, he dropped the defender. He's getting into real battles with Mark Stone. It was just awesome, high-level skill, big-time players competing hard. Absolutely loved that. Um they also, um, the, you know, they're the, like uh, Vegas is kind of st- struggling to get some offense going. Ottinger was playing awesome. He had a great game. Um, certainly don't blame him for that. Nope. And, you know, I'm watching the game. I'm saying, you know, where is Vegas going to get some scoring? Where, like, where's this going to happen? And all of a sudden, puck rolls out to the D. Some guy rips it top corner through a screen. Yep. And looks up, it's this new guy, Korzak, who's the 11th skater for Vegas to score in their first four games. So it's just they're right out of the gates, picking up right where they left back, right where they left off, scoring a late goal to tie it. I think they ended up winning in some shootout, but it was a game that I really wanted to see go into continuous overtime because it was just such a great battle. Mm-hmm. Um, closing closing point on that game and those two teams, I came away with the feeling that Dallas is big enough and tough enough to fuck around. But Vegas is big enough and tough enough and deep enough to find out. Vegas, I mean, the only thing Vegas has done in the first week is just continue to prove why they are the Stanley Cup champions. But Dallas really pushed the physical tempo with Vegas uh, last night. And again, it's awesome to see that in the regular season. Absolutely. It's probably if, one in five games. If of you can get a season. playoff atmosphere in the first week, I mean, it's incredible. You're winning. Incredible. And like, I think over the course of the regular season, like one in five regular season games are that intense and that mm-hmm. physical. It was awesome to watch. But like, I saw Dallas sort of totally push and Vegas's pushback was just so much deeper. Keegan Colasar, oh my goodness, is this guy really finding his role in the league? Mm-hmm. He is so damn big. He is an absolute bull. You know, he's not the fastest skater, but he totally makes up for it. He doesn't slow anyone down. He's great on possession and he was being a bully out there and you couple him with some of their other bigger bigger forwards in that gigantic decor and it's it's just it's 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 a sight to behold so um you know Vegas really impressed me with their physical prowess and brought into question to me does Dallas maybe need to get a little a little bit bigger and a little bit tougher between now and um you know playoff time here we are talking about games 75 games away but mm-hmm. that was a takeaway of mine uh, you know, I, I is uh, uh, no, it, it, Vegas. I I have zero concerns, and I, <laughs> you know, I, I have them in the, uh, I have them in the Cup final. There's a reason for that, and you know, it's the most depth between uh, forwards, and you know, with the decor, you know, it. But hey, you know, no hey, we've been doing our work for our listeners, and we've yep. been watching our games, and that was a breakdown from the first week. Absolutely, and we'll have some more exciting and fun. Uh, Fun stuff in store, and I think we get arm, ba- arm dog hopefully back for next week. So, more and more uh, weekly breakdowns to be had. And you know, you got to remember this is our first regular season pod of the year. So, the boys are excited to get back into it. You know, as as arm dog said, it's time for hockey, and and it, it truly has been. We've got uh, 15 games this week. We had 12 games, or we I think we had 12 games last night. Um, so it, the hockey is there. The hockey is on, and. Uh, uh, it's been fun to watch. I, you know, I think we've got a few more uh, topics on the on the docket for tonight. Uh, a little bit of a debate, a little debate, bit of debate. debate club, debate and, club, uh, and I brought it up a little bit when we talked about the Blackhawks. It uh, it's been the Bedard show, ESPN opening night. I mean, it felt like uh, you know with yes Crosby Bedard as the opening matchup. Thankfully, the Hawks got the win. Woo woo! But. Uh, uh, it's been a lot on on the young superstar, and you know I. I as I said, I'm not concerned about him's producing. Uh, you're seeing the frustration in terms of the goals not going in necessarily right off the bat. We're calling Bedard the young phenom. Okay, he's not a superstar yet. Well, if you look at if you've how many Hawks games have you watched? Two, two, and in, including preseason three of Bedard. How much? Well, and and in the preseason and in my preview, you know, I I was kind of I was there to say I was worried about where he he lies in terms of his center positioning, especially in the defensive zone. And faceoffs. And well, faceoffs. I mean, Crosby sucked at faceoffs coming into the league. You know, it, it's an adjustment. The kid's only eighteen. You know, physically he's going to grow still. Physically he's going to get into it. But and what's then the I debate club topic, Jack? Is uh, you know beating around the bush. I can hear you. Uh, is this too much? 
media is this too much attention for the young 18 year old and you know how do you feel like he's handled it so far do you think uh you know, I, there's no question about it. You know, I, you look at you know all the major league sports and, and you know marketing their superstars and their young first round picks. Uh, it is, it's been nice and refreshing to see the NHL so confident and up about a, an NHL superstar. You know, you probably haven't heard this much talk from from an 18 year old since we saw you know Crosby break into the league and you know yes McDavid got his 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 fair share. But no, no, no. There hasn't been this much hype since Crosby and uh, and, and Ovechkin were rookies in the same year. Like McDavid's hype was, he, it was he, big. He, I, I agree I with you. I, I agree with you. Got it like this. He didn't because it was up in Edmonton. Yeah. No, I agree with you. So the you know the real debate, and you know I think uh, you know I've heard it from my own father. You know to 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 give him a little shout out. You know he thinks it's wild. He thinks it's crazy. It's too much on an eighteen year old. Uh, I think you know Ross is shaking his head. Yes, I, uh, I I I agree with him. But I've been very very much impressed with how how he's been able to handle it and. Uh, and so far, carrying himself, you know, yes, there was a little bit of frustration in, in la, the last game versus, uh, I can't remember even at this point, but uh, it's been, a, oh, Toronto, uh, that's what it was. But the Hawks have had a tough schedule to start. He's been in all the major markets of basically Canada at this point, minus Edmonton uh, and Vancouver, but went into Montreal, received booze. Kind of said, he said it after the game, loved it. Came into Toronto. They didn't make a media available. Toronto and their local media ripped the Blackhawks and, and the NHL. Like, uh, you know, you're really not going to make this guy available in Toronto. Uh, but uh, handled, I think, the the Crosby hype and, and the intro to his first NHL game well. Um, you know, obviously the Montreal performance was was piss poor. Lost a tough one versus Boston. You know, had a little bit of Brad Marsh on his face. I think handled the, the test of him a little this bit. This is not the debate club, Jack. Well, I, I just haven't let you go, but no, 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 no. I need to stop you because this isn't like a summary of everything that's gone on in Blackhawks world. Here is debate club: is the NHL and the NHL media? It goes down to the schedule where it was literally the Bedard and Blackhawks road show. They had that tough road schedule, all these games, and they're opening every team's home opener across Canada. And the promotion of Bedard is all of the media hype around Bedard. Is it too much? Is the NHL going too far to promote him? That is debate club, Jack. What is your opinion? Yeah, I think it's too much for an eighteen-year-old. You know, I, I get concerned. You know, I I hate to bring the uh, the media attention to, to football, but we're seeing it with Justin Fields' poor development. But uh, you know, I, I just don't want him. You know, I think this guy is the future of the organization. I think he's got all the skill in the world, but it would be a fucking shame. If he is, uh, he blows out because it's just been way too much pressure. So what you think he's going to have to go into the player assistance program for a mental breakdown? I'm, I don't think so. I think he's handled it very well. I'm concerned if you keep this up for another eight months, it, it's a lot. All right. So you're on one side. I'm on the other side. Debate club. Embrace debate. What's been the biggest critique of the NHL's marketing over the last 10, 15 years? It just is not enough. Specifically, they're not marketing their stars enough. Correct. That's what everybody complains about. They don't market their stars. It's not a superstar league. All the leagues that make more money and do things better in a promotional sense <laughs> do a better job of promoting the guys. So I, I I don't think it's too much. I think it's fine. I mean, obviously, like as big time hockey fans, like we're getting a little fatigued with it, but they're not after us. They're after the people that don't follow the sport that closely. Like that's the big thing about growing the game, which is it's an unfortunate reality in pro sports and in marketing pro sports if you pay attention to it. But what you need to realize to go from being the regional niche sport that hockey is to being, you know, a global powerhouse like the mm -hmm. NFL and the NBA from a marketing standpoint, is you need to stop focusing on your core crusty old hockey guys and you need to start expanding your coverage to address the people that don't like hockey. And superstars and marketing the baby-faced kid, the 18-year-old with the world on his shoulders and pumping him out, that's making a story that people that aren't big hockey fans are asking me about. Who is this kid? He looks like he's 12. I'm getting questions like that from you know friends and family that are not totally plugged in. And I, it's the right move. And I think as the season goes on, there will be plenty else to talk about. It's definitely going to be top-heavy in his first few games. But I, I couldn't disagree more that it's too much and that it's this and that. And I appreciate his teammates sticking up for him and, and all of those other things. But to me, it's like, 
you can't have it both ways, right? Are you going to complain about the NHL not marketing their superstars, or are you going to say, leave this kid alone? He's not a kid anymore. I, I hear you. I hear you. And, you know, I, it's kind of the way I, I feel in in my side of it, but I also do have to, like I said, I commend the kid. I think he's handled it perfectly. He's had an intermission interview basically in every national media game that they've had, which is, I think is three out of the four, uh, and he's handled it pretty well. So He's, he's done a good job being human, yes, right? Yes. Being human. Being vulnerable, being self-deprecating, but also like, like, like enjoying it, not saying anything stupid, not freaking out. He's obviously a very well-adjusted, like I think, person. I think he's very obviously. I mean, think about how much less mature you know most of us civilians that aren't superstars like him were at our age in that time. And you know what he's doing and how he's managing it is is really remarkable and it's a good sign. Mm-hmm. Um, it so, is no, it so absolutely. I, is. I'm, I'm I'm heavy on the stance of you know I don't love it, but it's not for me. Mm-hmm. It's for those people that aren't diehards that aren't watching yep. 15 hockey games. Yep, 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 yep. Um, so I guess the final little debate we'll have is: Do we hold off on termite of the week until Arm Dog comes back, or <sighs> are you ready to rapid fire? I personally will put, go on and shame on me. I, I almost even let it slip for our first regular season pod, but I thought about it as we went uh, went on and talked about uh, uh, some uh, some potential termites. But let's nominate some termites in Arm's absence. We'll, we'll, we'll get him to chime in next week. You want it? You want to go on a termite of the week? For I'd rather you did, so I can formalize my thoughts. I've got one up my sleeve, but I want to see if there's anyone else in here. Well, I, I'm saying I don't have anyone. Is my oh point. Jesus! It's my point. Is, oh boy, uh, I'm really. I just haven't here. thought about it, and that's why I say shame on me. Is I. Didn't think about it until now, and I'm happy to table it until Armor gets back. But if you wanna want to go first on termite of the of the week, well, you know. a little a little bit of a mea culpa. I think you nominated Colasar as a termite last year, and I railed against it because you he's did. a big guy. He's not a high motor guy. And that's and why I else. thought about termite of the week. <laughs> and so I'm not gonna go full. I'm not gonna go full. You know, foot in mouth, admitting I was wrong, and say he's the termite of the week. But he's definitely an honorable mention. My termite of the week's JT Miller. I, I've just I've just freaking. Uh, he he's a guy that's totally done a 180 in my book. Um, I thought he was a bit of a diva in New York. I just thought he had a chance to play with high skill players. I didn't think he was that good. He's totally proved me wrong. Um, I think the rap that he got on bad Vancouver teams, like it, it was an unfair rap from the outside. And when you are trying to build a competitive hockey team, you want guys that hate to lose. Mm-hmm. And he was miserable all year. And to me, that's a good sign of his competitive fire. You know, he might not be like the number one guy that you want to grab a drink with, but I, I do think, you know, he's been as termite as anyone I've seen. He's jumped off the screen. And what can I say? When Brendan Tanev hurts his knee, you know, first game of the year, first period of the year, um, there, there there's not too much more to pick from. So that's what I've got. <laughs> I like the pick. Uh, interesting. You know, I agree with you. You know, I think that's what's been kind of fun to, to watch and, and see is hopeful for – for JT Miller, it was a rough, rough kind of few years in, in New York. Got shopped, shipped to Vancouver. I think struggled immediately. Or kind of struggled, and the team's performance weren't great. No, he's been successful. He really has. He really has. He, he had a bad media falling out in Vancouver at the end of last year. That's that's really all it was. Well, it's just, I mean, Vancouver in, in general, since he's gotten there, hasn't hasn't lived up to The team hasn't been good, but he's been Correct. scoring points. Uh, but, no, and that's what's interesting to see him as a termite in your eyes. And, and I guess that's... Uh, uh, you know, something I, I'll keep an eye out a little bit more to watch and see if that that termite uh, that sense is really there for JT Miller. Oh, I could have gone Greenway because he is. Well, I think uh, we got to check the the history books and see if Greenway's been picked. Uh, off your top of your head, clearly you don't think so. But I don't know, I'm not sure. Uh, no, I. You know, it's interesting. You know, New York JT Miller never would have said he's a mite, but uh, Vancouver might. Vancouver. Miller, maybe, uh, maybe like talk it, talk it. JT Miller is really, yeah. is really, is really the version of JT Miller I'm referencing. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I like the pick. Um, are you gonna stay over? Or are you gonna pull one out? No, it's one a week, brother. You don't remember the the way we do this, do you? You're right. I forgot. All right, fair yeah, enough. I, I lead off the season. You let off with JT season. Miller as a termite. Yep. Put that, put that in your pipe and smoke yeah, it. I've got it written down. It'll be down there. Um, Saturday picks. Saturday oh picks. Uh, I, I. Uh, I went 0 for 1 to start the year. Ross and Alex jumped out hot and, and took uh, took the charge in, in this year's uh, Saturday's picks. Uh, the parlay goes to 0 and 1. Uh, we'll see what the boys do and we'll see what the chalk is. T- take a look at the Star 6 Media Instagram page. We'll have those picks out posted for this week. Uh, I, I did not have them out last week, so my apologies, but we'll have them out this week, week and for the rest of the year. 
Uh, Saturday picks. We let Armor obviously not being here. I let him go first. I let him uh, text in his pick. He has picked the the Red Wings to beat Ottawa. Ottawa losing to the Red Wings, uh, and uh, that's Alex's pick for the week. Ross, since you are a winner, uh, why don't you go next? Hey, I'm sticking to my strategy this year. I'm staying real, real, real chalky. Um, you've got the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, traveling uh, traveling to Minnesota for a back-to-back game after playing at home Friday night. They're going to be playing the Minnesota Wild Saturday night on the road. I think that's a tough spot for a not-very-good team against a pretty good team. And uh, it's, it's pretty chalky. It's not going to be great odds. But, hey, that's my strategy this year. I'm sticking to it. Uh, I've got Minnesota over uh, Columbus on Saturday. All right, all right. Well, you're sticking to your word at least. I mean, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how long you hold out on, on this train. You can call me gutless, but you can't call me inconsistent. Yeah. Well, we'll see how long <laughs> we can call you gutless for. Um, to finish her off. Finish her off. Try and rebound. Try and respond. Leo Collarson might be back, so it might be a little bit more exciting to watch a little Anaheim hockey. I know Zegris won't be turning the page or turning on the TV for for Rusty, but. I've got the uh, Arizona Coyotes, the Yotes, beating the Anaheim Ducks on Saturday night. I think this is like a four, or three or four uh, Central, five o'clock Eastern uh, type matchup. But Yotes, Ducks, and gross. I, it's a gross matchup, but I'm hopeful that because it's a matinee these, too. It's a day game. Yep, and I'm hopeful that oh. these two uh, these two teams that were on the bottom of the Central and Pacific last year. Uh, bring a little bit of a uh, little bit of a line to to these odds, and and hopeful Ariz- hopeful that Arizona isn't too much of a favorite if that is the case. Uh, but we'll get those picks and uh, those numbers out to you on the Instagram page, so we'll see if you guys want to parlay it. That's as gross of a pick as I've heard. I, like that, the matinee game between two of the league's worst teams. Um, <laughs> wow. I mean, I'm gonna ride the parlo because you know everybody rides, but. Uh, Whoa, that's that's going to be a tough one to watch. I think matinee games Whoa. are <laughs> it's, well, a lot it's, of Saturday too. It's I mean, tough. this early in the season, it's t- like I most mean, matinee football, games. It's tough. It's and, tough. And most matinee games are just not like the guys aren't totally into it. I do think the Wings game is also a matinee game, but we'll we'll check back to the stats. Um, closing thoughts. Closing thoughts on our first regular season pod. Hey, it's exciting to get the league going. I uh, think the sport's in a great place. Uh, I know I bashed the refereeing in the first week, but a couple of those games that I wanted to shout out was the uh, the, the Tampa and Buffalo game last night and the uh, Vegas-Dallas game last night. Excellently officiated. So, you know, it's it's not all bad. It's early season for that, for the for the Stripes, too. Um, they are national leaguers, and, and they're the best in the world. <laughs> So, you know, I know I give them a hard time a lot of the time, but I do want to give give them a shout out. And um, I, I think I think the league and, and the way that it's being um, I think the way that the, the, the sport and the playing style is sort of progressing. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's getting to a good, comfortable place Agreed. in this, you know, kind of post post goon era. So I'm 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 mildly enthused by that. Love it. Glad to be back in uh, in the studio, missing Arm Dog as we are. But uh, the reality is, the show continues. The show rolls on, and uh, glad to be here for our first regular season pod. Uh, agreed. I think the league is in uh, in a great spot, and knowing that the cap's going to keep rising, we're quickly. I've got an addendum. We haven't mentioned Miles Wood. We did not. The Wood Show. He looked. Yeah, he's looked okay in, in, in Colorado. He's been a little. He's been a little quiet, but you know, just just he just got his first though, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. But just just when you stop paying such close attention to the Woody, he bites through a big a big chunk of wood. So let, let's just keep an eye out Basically. for the Woodshed and, yep. and and Termite Nation and our, our Queen Termite. Um, I will watch another Colorado game this week and zero in on Miles for some commentary. I like it. I like it. I like it. There's a reason he's got the imaginary Q on the jersey. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the, the final thoughts, it's been a fun week one. I, I can't wait for, for many to come, and uh, we've got the boys. Uh, we, I think we have Arm Dog next week. Keep an eye out for this one to come out tomorrow. Go give Ross a follow at Rusty Pedroia. Give Alex a follow at Arm Dog underscore SS. Give me a follow at Siffy Ma'am. Uh, have a fantastic week. If you feel like you've got any comments, questions, concerns, or just thoughts, Feel free to email us at slotshot at uh, at gmail.com. Um, otherwise, have a fantastic week and uh, hope you guys are watching some hockey and and we'll catch you guys next Thursday. Mm-hmm.